0: mainstream. People are starting to think differently about food. You know, there's this whole plant-based concept out there that people that I would have never thought would have said those words um, are, are thinking about it and thinking about the environmental impact, you know, how it impacts their health, their their longevity. I, You know, more and more, um, we're so fortunate certainly here and, and the people um, in my life are so fortunate to be privileged and we've got, you know, access and abundance to everything, but your health is so vital. And if you don't have that, what else matters? And I think people are really starting to appreciate what that means.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Eat Real to Heal podcast, where I am your host, Nicolette Richet, CEO and founder of The Green Mustache, a collection of plant-based 100% organic, unrefined, whole food restaurants that we have located in British Columbia and now expanding into New York City. Super excited about that. Now I'm also the founder of Richer Health Consulting and we have consulting services that we provide. We have a wellness and detox center in Pemberton, British Columbia and so much more. So definitely check out our website at greenmustache.com. that's dot com and com, and you can find out all of our information. So on today's show we have a lovely human being. She is actually uh, our landlord. She works, she's the director of asset management of Anthem Properties, which is a real estate development investment and management company. And on the first day that we opened our third restaurant in Function Junction in Whistler, British Columbia, Cindy brought me flowers and then she called me later and said, Hey, I love the work that you're doing at the Green Mustache, do you think you can come down and teach our employees how to eat real to heal, how to use food as medicine and how to turn their lifestyles onto a plant-based whole food, unrefined food uh, lifestyle. So I went down and did that and this is what this whole podcast is about. It's about Cindy um, leading the charge in her company at Anthem Properties in bringing this amazing program um, and creating a culture at Anthem of wellness. So her annual Wellness challenge now that she has been running and that she started has it's been going on for six years. Super excited about everything she talks about because if you work in a company, if you're an HR um, human resources employee in a company, if you are a CEO of a company, you need to listen to this podcast and learn about what you can do to change the health around in your organization. Amongst your people. Also, what you need to do to be able to support your people in being able to make these really crucial lifestyle changes that'll give them more energy, that'll allow them to operate at their maximum potential so that they're giving you everything that they have, their 100% um, human potential. Um, And they're giving it to the company so that they're not lethargic and missing sick days um, and really feeling under the weather a lot of the time. We have an epidemic in our society of chronic disease. Um, One in two people are now being diagnosed with cancer. One in four are living with diabetes. It's truly a catastrophe in the health world. And you as an employee of a business can change that, or you as a CEO can change that. So in this podcast, we talk about the benefits of recording all the losses and gains and about using that to instill motivation. We talk about gamifying um, employee wellness programs. We talk about why are kids still being served junk food at their school events? Like that is an atrocity that needs to be corrected. We talk about how to break habits and create new habits, And we also dive into the tips and tricks for how other companies can also start their own wellness challenge. So I hope you enjoy this show and please share it with others. The power of story is huge. And if you can pass this story along to somebody else, you can spark that fire, create that change that needs to happen in this world, simply by pressing click as you forward this podcast on to someone else else who can benefit from it. Now, before we dive in, I just want to share with you a few things that we are offering to the world. So our purpose is to help as many people around the globe reverse their chronic degenerative lifestyle diseases. And the only way we're going to be able to do this is by teaching people how to use food as medicine because food is the foundation of health. So we're offering our Eat Real to Heal online course, normally valued at $595, and we're offering a whopping discount of the $85. Which means that you get the course for just a little bit more than $89, 89.25. So if you go to our Bitly link and type in E-R-T-H for Eat Real to Heal E-R-T-H course, you'll get the discount course, the discount code, excuse me, to be able to access the course for a limited time in the month of October to celebrate our Eat Real to Heal book being published one year ago. So to celebrate that anniversary as well, we're also giving away our book at a huge discount as well. So you can get our book anywhere on Amazon, all around the world. But again, if you visit our website, get the code, you can get our book for $9.95. So buy one for yourself and buy one for somebody else who needs to know about the power of food to be able to reverse chronic disease that's what we teach at the green mustache and at richer health we've been doing this for over a decade helping thousands of people successfully reverse their chronic degenerative diseases you do not need to live with these diagnoses that you're getting for these lifestyle diseases that are plaguing our society so thanks for signing up for the online course share it with others buy it for yourself buy it for someone else Um, and you can turn your life around today so Enjoy this podcast with Cindy McMillan. Learn all you can and let us know what you think. Write to us and share your thoughts, share your ideas. And if you have the healing hero story to share as well with us, we'd love to have you on our show. So please write to us at info at richerhealth.ca and let us know how you used food as medicine to heal yourself. You are a wellness warrior and we want to share your story and inspire and motivate others so enjoy be well So welcome to the Eat Realty Hale podcast Cindy it is such a pleasure having you on the show thank you uh, I'm very excited to be here and I'm excited to connect with you again it's been a while it has been a while Um, for our listeners out there um, the way I got to meet Cindy is that she was actually our property manager with anthem properties which is based in Vancouver but also in three other cities as well right Yes, we're in Calgary, Edmonton, and Sacramento, California. Oh, wow. And You guys have grown a lot in the last uh, three years since I know that you even become our, became our property manager as well, or our landlord, I should say.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, we were, I think we've been hiring almost 100 people each year, and uh, I mean, some of that is, is replacement, but a lot of that are in new positions, and um, we've just been acquiring sites and continuing to grow through... Uh, acquisitions and um, yeah it's been incredible It's uh, I mean I've been with Anthem 15 years now and just the growth that we've had in the first three years and now sort of the last five years um, has just been incredible to be on the
1: journey with Yeah, that is amazing to be at the company that's growing right now. We are in a very similar position. I think at the time when um, we signed the lease for our function junction location for the green mustache, that was our uh, third location. And now we're at six locations, which is crazy and, um, Mm -hmm. but super fun as well. But growth has all of its challenges, but for people who are listening out there, the reason why I want to have Cindy on the podcast is because Cindy has gone above and beyond and done something which most people do not do. She has um, been a renegade behind uh, launching a wellness program at Anthem Properties. And can you tell us how that started with the dad bod guy? Sure. I mean, I love renegade. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) So a, a close
0: colleague of mine was, commenting and I was doing another colleague of mine had had wanted to fit into a suit for a wedding that summer and and another colleague said oh yeah you know I've got this dad bod thing going on and and I said well why don't we do a challenge you know we're all very competitive by nature I would say here Uh, lots of a type personalities and and they were all over it Um, and of course when competitive people get into a competition they put their head down and work really hard so uh we kind of cast the net fairly wide throughout the company. um We were probably about hundred and twenty people then, and I would say we had twenty six people sign up that first year That's awesome. um and we did an eight week challenge uh so my I have a some a pretty extensive background in uh, fitness and and personal training, which I've kind of done on the side and always enjoy as a hobby, so I got to bring that passion in and uh, set up a health challenge where basically people, um, the first year we weren't as sophisticated, so we just did it through uh, the pounds that you lost over the eight weeks, uh, the inches that you lost over the eight weeks, and then people got to earn points through um, making lifestyle choices in four categories being um, fitness, health, wellness, and nutrition. So we, we made specific things, and they got daily points for drinking water or taking the stairs instead of the elevator. Um, and then of course we measured them at the beginning of the end and the end. So that is kind of how it started and it was really successful. Um, and we just completed our sixth year
1: this year. Sixth year. Yeah. That is amazing. Um, and you know, for me, you are the true definition of a healing hero because you are, you know, not just, um, keeping that knowledge about health and nutrition and fitness and mental wellness to yourself, um, you are expanding and sharing it with other people where that's not really part of, that wouldn't traditionally be part of your role, right? Maybe that's part of an HR role position, right? Yeah, it's not here. It's not anybody's role, but
0: I would say traditionally things like that would come out of HR. Um, what I love about Anthem, though, is it's a really entrepreneurial company, and there's a lot of people that have different talents or or knowledge and skill in other areas, and they're able to bring them in. And um, so, for me to be able to bring in my my fitness and wellness passion into the work and share that with people, um, yeah, it just that's that's what gets me excited in the mornings.
1: Oh my gosh, that's awesome! And such a very cool um, you know aspect of what any corporation could be doing. One of the things we do is when we find out, like our staff, like if somebody's a graphic designer or somebody's a, you know, I mean, any skill set that they have, it could be like anything from teaching yoga to dance to meditation to any other skill, you know, and these are people who are working in our cafes. So they are food producers and customer service staff in the cafes. And I'm like, hey, do you want to utilize your skills in any other way? And it just diversifies their role a little bit more and makes it exciting for them to be able to play in different different. different fields and build their skill set in different areas where you know sure a lot of restaurants might just hire serving staff and they're just like well you're a server and then that's it so i love that about anthem and and i do love it about ourselves because it's i've seen what it's done to our staff to enable them to expand themselves so that's very cool that anthem is um open to that and i think it's something that other organizations can also be open to yeah there's a few things that number one that, that you said in there um and I want to touch on the gamification piece because you award, you decided to award points. So we're going to get back to that. But I also want to mm-hmm. touch on your um, athletic history as well because you were a gymnast. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, yeah. Long, did you, how long were you a gymnast for and what level?
0: Yeah, um, 10 years, national level. Uh, so I started late, actually, when I was at the ripe age of seven years old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which is considered late in, in the gymnastics world. It's evolved, I would say, a little bit uh, since back in the, the 80s and 90s. But uh, yeah, started when I was seven and um, did it for 10 years. Loved it. I, right away, I fell in love with it. I joined because one of my school friends was in it and she there was a Bring your friend to gym day. And so I got to go with a friend. And uh the minute I walked in, by the end I was, you know, pulling on my mom's arm, please, please, please. And uh she she gave in. And so um, yeah, and I was uh after about two years recreational, went competitive and um competed. I grew up in Coquitlam, so with uh Mountain Academy and then Omega uh, once they amalgamated and yeah,
1: it was it was it was really great. I I loved it. Wow, that's amazing. Um and my, I have three girls, and two of them are very active um, at, in gymnastics. And my youngest one, who's eight, I mean, she's been pining since she was two years old to be in gymnastics. So last year, I think, was her first real year. And then, you know, she's been going to competitions, and you couldn't keep her away from it. Like, I think she probably does about, you know, a 100 backhand springs every single day. And um, she <laughs> had to teach herself an aerial a couple of years ago because she couldn't wait to get into gymnastics. And, you know, but oh. one of the things that we see in, you know, all of these competitive sports, and I play competitive tennis um, in the United States um, on a scholarship at at a university, and the food was atrocious. But that was 22 years ago. So that, I mean, I could almost excuse it. And plus, I was in the deep south, and where the food already isn't good to begin with. Um, Healthy, I should say very tasty, but not healthy. But the one thing that's still happening is that I see is that my kids are involved in a lot of athletic programs, like everything from competitive snowboarding to the gymnastics, um, and they're fed the worst foods still. Oh, and yes. And, and was it like that when you were um, a gymnast? Like how important was nutrition when you were a national gymnast um, at that time? Because that was a while ago. That I mean, you were, you know, from seven till seventeen at the time.
0: Mm -hmm. it's funny I remember I thought about this a lot because knowing what I know now just through you know my own interest in studies on food and and what provides energy and what doesn't I think back to what we were provided and I don't even know who this came through the coaches or what but I mean we were we were given sugar tablets to take in competitions and we literally just sugar tablets just Straight up sugar, um, might as well have drank a can of Coca Cola or something. And so we would take that about, I think it was about a minute before you were to go on. So you get that your heart rate jacked up, your blood sugar. <laughs> I think of this now and I'm just like, oh my god. Um, and and that and I also remember, uh, and I think it was just there wasn't the knowledge and the science understanding of food back then is is sort of my takeaway of it Um, because I think my mom would try and feed us healthy but in terms of timing and when to eat and what to eat I remember she would give us these power bars that came in these and not to discredit power bar but they came in these gold wrappers and they just I call them goo bars they tasted like goo and I couldn't pronounce any of the ingredients in them and I know you know nutrition bars have come a long way and they're a lot a lot better today but I remember just Eating that, and I was like, I don't want to eat this. I don't know what it's gonna do. And but in her mind, she was giving me the best nutrition that that we had available to us at the time, and and that was what athletes had at the time, and yeah. whether it was a fat
1: or not. Um, and it's it's that's frightening to hear that that's still happening today yes yeah, still has not changed for what I see like at all the different events that they have um for I mean the most that they have is like a veggie burger maybe which is available but other than that I mean it's still chips and pop and you know you know hamburgers and hot dogs and you know and I'm like hot dogs are actually classified as a carcinogenic like and we're still feeding them to kids like event organizers are still feeding them to kids it's crazy now what about you're also a marathon runner as well aren't you you've done a number of marathons
0: yeah I've done three Um, I haven't done any lately after I retired from gym I I kind of floundered for a little bit and was a bit lost just because when you're training 35 hours a week and you get out of that then all of a sudden I was all of the things that I couldn't have like donuts and this and that um, I got to partake in that and being social with my friends Um, and then I sort of hit this point where in my early 20s and I kind of went well I'm always up for a challenge, and I'm always up for doing something new, and um, I would say I was pretty out of shape at the time, and my goal was just to run around a track once, Uh, so I would walk up to the track up the hill and and run around it once and and try and do that without stopping, and then I, in 2002, uh, joined... Um, a group and it was (laughs) you raise money for joints in motion which is um the charitable arm of the arthritis society and you raise funds for them and then they sponsor you to go and run a marathon somewhere which was in hawaii so i mean really i was like i'm gonna go to hawaii (laughs) but i had to run this marathon (laughs) so luckily they provided uh training and that to go along with it and um yeah it it was probably i should have probably started with 10k but um Made it through the marathon and and was kind of hooked after that and and did a few more and um yeah I met some great people through running, too. It, it's a really great community, and uh, I, I think for me i've I've sort of moved on more to trail running now, just it's a little bit easier on my body, which has had, as you can imagine, a lot of pounding over the years,
1: so um it's something I enjoy and and can do anyway anytime. Amazing. I love how you went from not running, like trying to just get once around a track, which, you know, right now I'm working way too much. So I focus on my nutrition, but exercise definitely is lagging. Um, You know, when I'm running around, I only have limited time in the office. So I like, you know, I have a standing desk and I also sit, but you know, most of the time it's like, I have to, it's a struggle for me to get out. And I used to be a runner and an athlete. And, and I know what it's like when you are training competitively every day. Like when I came back from the States, I was like, bye by rackets, got rid of my rackets, didn't play anything, yeah. didn't do anything. And it was for years. A few years went by before I started like actually just running and running for fun. Um, but how's your nutrition? So with the trail running that you do now, and you also told me that you have something called a class pass, which is super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us about the class pass and tell me what, and just help us understand like, what is your nutrition like um, around the training that you do now?
0: Sure. Um, so ClassPass is a fantastic app. Uh, they're worldwide, so they're in most major cities um, globally. And basically, it's an app that gives you access to, in Vancouver, it's over 100 gyms uh, that offer all types of classes. And what I love about it is, obviously, A, it's the variety. Um, so I can, you know, I wake up that day and I feel like doing yoga instead of going for a run, or I feel like doing a rowing class, or a dance class, or um, anything, and, and it's all available through the app, and you just sign up, so for me, that gives me um, options and variety, and it works with my schedule, um, I'm not nearly as busy as you, but uh, definitely, it's harder and harder to find time to, to schedule in a class, so um, I found some really great gyms around my office that I can go to, and around my home that I can go to. Um, and uh, I mean the caliber of instructors is fantastic so that gives me good variety Um, and I would say nutrition around that I'm I mean I'm I'm pretty good Um, I would say I tended to eat on like an 80-20 I definitely still like to have wine on a cardio on a sunny day Um, but I, I do try and get my my fresh veggies and Uh, I just feel better and I, I know when I'm not eating well and, um, I, I know how I feel and I know that my energy's down and, uh, and I don't like it. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard if you're out and that burger looks really good and you're hungry and the fries, of course, are going to taste amazing. Um, but there's a, you're always going to feel a certain way or perform a certain way from that. So, um, yeah, I do, I do indulge a little bit, but
1: and keep it clean. Yeah, 80 percent clean, 20% indulgence. Um, you know, and then you're exercising on top of that. So, it, and it's interesting that you brought up the wine piece because uh, we just did a podcast yesterday with Andy Ramage from uh, the UK and he started a program. He was a, a stockbroker and, you know, making incredible money, but part of that lifestyle is that you are whining and dining people and you're partying hard and all of that. And he definitely was not on an alcoholic, but he was like every other person who like maybe drinks like you know four to eight drinks on the weekend and then maybe you know a beer here and there throughout the week so but what he noticed is that the drinking, even if it was just one beer or one glass of wine um that for the next few days it just completely you know brings you down so he started this program called One Year No Beer just for himself to see like what would my life look like if I didn't drink at all and he thought you know I'm just gonna do this for 28 days and he did then ended up being a year and now it's been six years but when he did that and cut out all the alcohol he ended up 10 times or 11 times in his um revenue for his business which is really Yeah. It's huge. So now he's working and that's the story that he loves for, he's had like, I think over 50 or 60,000 and I could be wrong. It could be more than that. Now people go through the one year, no beer program. And that's what he's looking at. He wants to see these stories of people who are like 10 times their business as a result of like liberating their body from having to recover from alcohol. So when you conserve that energy, then let's see what happens. Um, But do you... But do you notice, um, like, what is the difference that you notice like when you don't eat clean or you do have wine and then you try and train or go to the gym or like, you know, how does it affect your motivation? How does it affect you physically?
0: Oh my gosh, it's everything.
1: (laughs) It's everything
0: from, you know, I can pack my bag, but I'll get there. And it's just, I feel tired. I feel heavy. I feel like a slug um I try and talk myself out of it and you know oh maybe I'll just start tomorrow that's yeah that's always a good one right um tomorrow never comes by the way never. um and yeah I just for, for me personally I, I get um I feel it in my digestion and uh am I notice it and um it it yeah it just feels I feel heavy and slow and and Frankly, it just feels like my body's sick a little bit, and I don't like it. Um, not to say that I'm always going to avoid it. I think I, I, you know, risk and reward, and and I know that that's going to happen. But um, yeah, I I can tell when I'm not eating clean, and and I don't know the science behind what's happening, but I know it doesn't feel good.
1: Yeah, and I just love that you're aware of what's going on because I think a lot of people won't associate. Diet and the stuff that they're putting into the mouth, whether it's the alcohol or the power bars or the refined food or the heavy meat and animal fats or you know like anything that is you know processed, they don't associate the symptoms that they get afterwards. Like you mentioned, digestive issues or feeling sluggish or not motivated or you know trying to talk yourself out of working out um, and just feeling a little bit sick. But I mean, we have a medication for all those things. We have Tylenol. We have caffeine we have um acids we have you know all of those things that can then suppress those symptoms because people might just say well you know what i'm just feeling this way today but they're not thinking that it comes from their diet right and their lifestyle and so that's a I think something that's just really important that and incredible that you are aware of that because i know that there's so many people that ha- are not aware of that which brings me back to your corporate wellness program that you started mm-hmm. Now, another reason why I just wanted to chat with you today and have you on our Eat Real to Heal show is because we um, are launching a corporate training program where we take people through our five week program, we handhold the employees, we only work with big organizations, um, you know, and, and organizations that have 50 or more employees and where we track their data as well for around the health and wellness. And I, in doing our research for that, I came across your a thank you card that you had sent me when I came and did a corporate lunch and learn program with Anthem Properties. And I love that you had like a, the whole little, you know, paragraph of statistics, like all around weight loss. Um, and what were the other statistics that you're cap- capturing through the program? If you could share that.
0: Uh, we did inches loss. Um, and then 2016, yeah, I think 2016 was the first year we had a body composition scale. So we did body fat percentage loss, which was the main metric that we measured by because we didn't, I don't like weight as a main metric because that's so specific to, to people. Um, so we did body fat percentage loss. Uh, and then we also did weight and inches loss. So we would measure um, hip and waist. Uh, so because that's sort of a, a more gender neutral measurement.
1: Yeah, exactly. And were the employees, were they willing to have their measurements taken? Like, how did they feel about that? Were they excited about that, apprehensive? What was that like doing that?
0: I was worried because it's a very personal thing. And so we didn't do calipers. And um, so what we did do was we partnered with the YWCA, which is a gym right by our office. Uh, and we do have quite a few employees who are members there. And so they brought a trainer in who took the measurements. Um, We also measured people's blood pressure as well. That wasn't a a metric for the competition, but it was just an offering for for their health um, from beginning to end, just to see how that would change. And um, I I think they took really well to having a neutral person in there. So having the YWCA person in there, taking their measurements. And most people were pretty good and, um, you know I, I remember this from personal training days too. some people come in and they're a little bit self deprecating and they're you can tell that they're nervous and and this and that, but everybody with good sports and um, you know I think the the biggest reward for me, of course, is at the end when people get measured and even if it's half an inch, even if it's a couple of pounds. When people actually see that progress and see that they've made a move in the right direction, um, it just crystallizes so much more for them, all of the work that they've done. Um, And that's why, you know, I believe whatever it is you're doing, measuring is so important because it really um, just helps your mind understand what you're actually doing.
1: Yeah, definitely. And you know, people are motivated by data because, you know, it's often hard to, you know, understand what, what's going on when you don't measure things and don't collect that data. So that's really important. That's going to be an important part of our program as well. Um, so I love that you did that. And then how did you celebrate afterwards? Or did you celebrate? Was that uh, built into the program?
0: Yeah, we did. Uh, we were fortunate. Um, so Anthem pitches in some cash as well. So we'd get some prizes and they're usually in the health and fitness realm. We did do a cash prize for uh, what we called the biggest loser component or or, um, the person who won the the competition uh, got a cash prize and we change it every year. So sometimes we've had just one winner. Sometimes we do a male, top male and female. Sometimes we'll do top three. Um, The way we calculate everything is, is meant to be uh, gender and um, meant to neutralize depending on where you start from, because whatever you lose is, uh, kicks out a percentage of what you started with. So, you know, if if somebody who's 100 pounds loses 10, they've lost 10%. Somebody who's 200 pounds loses 10, they're not tied, right? That person only right. lost 5%. So uh, we try and even the playing field. Um, Offer cash, and then at the end we celebrate. Uh, we just do a little wrap-up party, and that's where we give all the awards. Um, that's I, I love because I I give the whole sum of what everybody collectively has done. And um, you know, I think our biggest year uh, with probably 20 people, we lost. 96 pounds um yeah crazy and and 97 inches so I mean that's a whole person (laughs) that's a whole
1: person (laughs) that's a whole person Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. And um did the did the organization like did they besides just giving money for the prizes how did Anthem Properties like did they chip in um you know I mean obviously they're giving you time to do this and um what else did they chip uh, in how else do they support Uh so
0: definitely some some cash um over the years uh we now have a committee so I'm not uh, running it myself so uh, resources staff uh, as well and then um, some of the prizes so they would give us cash we'd go buy some prizes through gift cards and things like that um, and then really we actually leaned on a lot of the staff just like you do at the Green Mustache and just say hey you know who's who's got something uh, you know we had a yoga instructor Worked here, and she came in and did a, a, a lunch or a lunch and learn for the participants um, in that segment, and um, and yeah, and then we buy food and, and have a little party at the end in our staff room here and hand out all the prizes,
1: and um, yeah, it was fun. That's incredible. And is that just happening in the Vancouver office, and or in all the offices? The last two years, we've done it through the four offices. Wow, that's amazing, um, and. Okay, so I love that Anthem is supporting and it obviously doesn't take a ton of overhead to be able to support something like this. I mean it's you know, staff time definitely. But tell me about some more of the, you know, benefits to the employees that you've seen, like some of the things that you've heard from them, because at the end of the day, we all know we're a little bit vain. We love to, you know, be thin. We love to be pretty. We love to, you know, have skinny waists and, and all of that. But, um, and I love how you described how it started with the one dad who's like, I have a dad bod and I want to change that, which I think is so cool that it wasn't coming from a woman who's like, I've got a mum bod. Um, But what are some of the other um, benefits that you've heard from the employees beyond the physical?
0: Yeah, for sure. The dad bod guy won, by the way. He oh, won well, he, that year.
1: Wow. <laughs> he won a couple of
0: years. He's a very competitive individual. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a few that stand out. I would say one of the first ones, uh, the first competition, um, one of the participants, and it was just through the blood pressure uh, metric, and and he had it taken. And um, the trainer who who did it from the YWCA did it twice and she went you know what this this isn't really this is really quite bad you should really go see your doctor and he actually had quite a bad problem that he just had no idea about because he would have never otherwise had his blood pressure tested he's just one of those guys that doesn't go to the doctor and so he was able to go in and um you know whatever program his doctor put him on. But he really dug into the challenge seriously. I think anybody who gets a bit of a health scare um, wakes them up a little bit. So, you know, he he did very well in that challenge. And the his blood pressure at the end of the eight week challenge was pretty much normal. So that was just such a huge win. and, And just from such a health perspective of Oh my gosh! I mean, he didn't even know that existed. He didn't even know that was a problem, um, and to get it back down to normal, and and of course all the other things. Of he felt better. He, you know, he fucked better. There was just so many uh, spinoffs from that. Um, another participant joined, and um, and she had been a, a competitive badminton player in The past, and it was always her dream to get back to it, but again, it's you know, it's a dream that you want to do, and oh, I'll do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. And through this health challenge, uh, because in the fitness component, you got points daily for doing you know, um, rigorous exercise or or uh, easy exercise, and so she's. She picked up her racket again and started playing. And, and that has kick-started, I think that was year one. So she's now been competing again for six years in the Masters and um, at a pretty high level. And she loved it. I mean, she came up afterwards and gave me a hug and just said, you know, thank you. I've, I've got my life back and I'm doing what I've always said I was going to do and what I want to do. And, and I think that that's actually evolved into a few other aspects of her life. Um, it's also given her the courage I guess to to start those now as well because um she she was so uh, accomplished in in the badminton and bringing that back to her life um and yeah I mean the dad bod guy he he literally went from a dad bod to a shredded dad <laughs> his <laughs> wife thank <sang> you <here> too <laughs> um, yeah but he interestingly he had never he was always a sports guy so he played plays still plays a lot of hockey and And whatnot and and he's in his 40s so um but he had never really done a fitness routine and so he got into the gym for the first time and started lifting weights and and doing all that and it completely and he he was very disciplined on the nutrition side um you know he with the knowledge that he had went in and went to not plant-based but uh, heavy vegetables you know skipped all the sauces um was very very disciplined and even cut out alcohol and you know says how fantastic he feels when he does that and he works um in my side of business as well which uh, like your stockbroker friend is heavy on the receptions and the client events and eating out and the past canapes and the alcohol and um and it's hard to say no when those are coming around because you don't want to be that person but uh, but he was for, for during the challenge and, and was very, very successful and, and has been. So, I and mean, he's kept it up. I would say, um, I should look it up, but whatever his starting weight was to what his finishing weight was in year six, uh, he, he would always lose, gain a little bit back, but then lose some more, gain a little bit back. So it, it's trending down. It's not like he would bounce back up to where he was ever. So he's definitely maintained um, a much more healthy body since.
1: That is amazing. So in addition to being a renegade, you're also a lifesaver because, you know, and I don't say, but I don't say that lightly because, you know, how many of us, like, you know, we're Everyone is so tired, they're exhausted, they can't take one more thing onto their plate. But you know, you've gone above and beyond and done that. And in so doing, people have been able to, like you said, the woman who returned to you know, Badminton and she, you know, said she got her life back. This guy who's got the, you know, this shredded body and his weight continues to decline and he's getting ripped. And but especially the guy with the high blood pressure, like something as simple as, you know, starting saying we're just gonna start an eight-week challenge, but I mean high blood pressure, it is a risk factor for stroke and heart disease and heart attacks. And so, you know, and no matter what age, like, I mean, we see 30 year olds and 40 year olds now dropping dead from strokes and heart attacks that are so preventable, right? Either by just going Mm -hmm. and knowing that you have high blood pressure um, and that your triglycerides are high and your LDL levels are high, um, you know, to everything from whether you get medicated or not for it, or whether you switch to a plant-based diet or change your nutrition. I mean, like, just knowing that information is so critical in saving somebody's life. And that's what you brought forward to these people, which, mm-hmm. you know, which is why I say you are a lifesaver. And I'm not saying that lightly at all. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all of, yeah, all of those people need to be thanking you. So I love um, the fact that you decided to award points. Now, was that something just from, you know, understanding human psychology? Because in the world of gamification, I love how humans... Are so motivated by points to the to all to the extent that um, people who collect air miles will actually like it's been proven will actually go out of their way to cancel their flight, take three connecting flights instead of a direct flight just so they can get more points. But at the end of the day, only ten percent of people who collect air miles actually even use them. So it's more like. Oh a game so did you know about human motivation around you know gamification and um, point collecting and motivation or how did you decide to use that system
0: no um it was a system it had been introduced to us through another challenge on a a slightly similar scale and so um we kind of took that and and ran with it and, and made it for me it was more just about making the challenge accessible for everyone um, so you know, there's people who have different levels of fitness, different levels of nutrition knowledge, different levels, different access to that information as well. Um, you know, there's some people culturally that have only ever eaten meat and bread and they don't know anything else. So um it was it was giving people bite-sized items that they could earn a point for. So it was, you know. Going, having a meatless Monday or, uh, you know, taking the stairs instead of the elevator, as I mentioned before, um, eating breakfast within two hours of waking up, like all little things that can make such a huge difference that what baffles me is so many people don't do. Because <laughs> for me, it's just normal life. And and this is what I realized through doing these challenges is just the the array of knowledge and lifestyle that people have. And even just the little tweaks here and there can make such a big difference for some people who have have been in certain habits for so long and and have just never been aware of, of a different way of of living or eating or or sleeping even. Um, that was a big one. If you get seven hours of sleep or more a day, you'd get a point. Um, if you limited your screen time, you'd get a point. Um, if you got outside to nature, you'd get a point. So there's different things that people could do um, and then on the fitness side, for every 20-minute segment of either rigorous or light activity, you would get points. Um, so it gave people – it didn't have to be about fitness um, because, you know, there's some people like me that that's what I love to do. Um, but there are some people that either just aren't able or or, or don't know how to do that um, or maybe have a medical condition and can't. So, they could still compete through, you know, health and wellness and nutrition choices as well. So, or, you know, the fitness buff who eats burgers and runs marathons can go, oh, what if I tweaked this part of my lifestyle? And oh my gosh, all of a sudden I feel lighter when I run and I run a little bit faster and whatever. So, um, yeah, it was more just about really making it accessible and, um, and, and even playing field for everyone, whether you were you know, a high performer or brand new to this type of challenge.
1: I love it. I love it. It just that I love the flexibility in that uh, point system. And obviously, people kept track of their own points, I imagine. honor system our system yep but I love that because it's very much how in I was in the green building sector before and um, you know doing the lead documentation and teaching contractors you know about the importance of building uh, lead buildings and but it's the same thing is it like you have all of these different ways to get points um, for a building you know and somebody might focus you know more on the windows and the other people might focus more on you know the you know products being used and at the end of the day you can choose from a wide array of things depending on the needs for that building and still qualify to be a LEED certified building but I mean there's a baseline at the same time and I love it because it you know otherwise you'd have every single building having to be designed exactly the same way to get um, certification and this provides for that um, flexibility which I really love and um, with the and And would you say you need to have the point system built in there to make it a successful program?
0: Yeah, so interestingly, we've we've that used to be part of the whole. So everybody who joined uh, had to do the the sort of the weight loss challenge and the point system. And then what we did um just to make it a, a team building exercise as well, we put people on random teams for the points. So your individual points counted towards your individual score for that. But we also put people on teams and mix them up um, and then we would throw in sort of weekly bonus activities where you'd have to do something with your team, um, you know, either sit down and set some SMART goals or do a walk at lunch with your team or something like that just to try and create that collaboration. Of course, in the fitness realm, I always love the buddy system because it's a lot easier to go when someone's like, hey, you said we're going running today. <laughs> um So we have broken away from that. And, and, and I liked that because it keeps people accountable too. I mean, I know when I did it, if I was sitting at home and instead of turning on the TV, I'd go out for a 20 minute walk just to get one more point (laughs) because it's really easy, but I don't know. Yeah. There is some psychology of just having, knowing you'll get that point and, um, over not and and it makes it a lot easier Uh, so we've actually evolved a little bit and we've broken it apart so we've made it a again throughout the four cities we've made it a wellness challenge and then we have the weight loss challenge which is the competition side of it Um, so people can join both or one um, and they can pick pick however they like to do it. Um, and then that way, some people just didn't love the weight loss component or that wasn't something that they were after or they they were perfectly fine with that. Uh, so, you know, it's been successful too. And um, most people still join the point system because they like it. And uh, and like I said, it, it's easy. And um, and it does really make a difference because you're accountable every day to, oh, wow. And, and you start tracking it and you're going, Wow, I don't really sleep very much, or I really need to drink more water, or I mean just
1: such little things that that like I said can make such a big difference. Yeah, no, I love the accountability piece with the group aspect. So not so it's not just individual and I mean all the you know, leading self-help gurus from like the Oprah's to the, you know, Tony Robbins and all the business coaches that are out there um, as well. I mean, at the end of the day, they always try and hook you up with an accountability partner. Um, You know, Todd Herman is big on that with 90 day year and, and I was part of that program and I really saw how well it worked just to have like the weekly check-in with your accountability partner. And then you say, you're going to do these three things and then you do those three things. And yeah, it's awesome. And being part of a team, doing anything is amazing. So what, you've done at Anthem is essentially built a wellness tribe um, which yes. is so Ooh, important. I like that. Yeah everybody <laughs> needs to be part of a tribe. It's you know community we know contributes to health as well. So mm-hmm. how was it because you already have you know quite a bit of knowledge um, you know just from previous conversations we've had about nutrition but you know for the people that you, you know these colleagues of yours that you're working with um, Was there a difference between, you know, the physical exercise side of it and, you know, teaching the importance of that or teaching the importance of sleep versus teaching the importance of nutrition? Like how did the nutrition piece um, play out as far as education and adopting um, habits around nutrition for amongst employees?
0: Yeah, uh, so we've done a few different things over the years, obviously, um, having you in in 2016, which I think was our third year that we were running the challenge um to do a lunch and learn for for our group which was so fantastic um, we had such great feedback and it was such good knowledge and that that again where you know i, I just realized that room and, and the comments that i had afterwards you know people just don't even know this information is out there um, and and to think of you know food you hear of the, the keto diet and the this and um, we do get a lot of questions like that through the challenge of like, what's this diet and what's this mean? And, um, you know, I, I'm not a nutrition educator, so I always, uh, <laughs> give that disclaimer, but, um, we've done presentations in the past where I've put some together just talking about very basic stuff, you know, that fats can be good for you, not bad for you. And, um, just trying to dispel some of those. Fat diet. So, you know, the, the no fat and the this and the that. And again, you know, we encourage people, um, just from a liability standpoint to always talk with their doctor and nutritionist if they're making changes. Um, but, but as a basic guideline, um, we try and give them a little bit of information, but it's really hard because you don't have access to it anywhere. Um, you know, I mean, I have, I can get access through going and reading and forming my own philosophies and opinions. Um, but, but that doesn't make me an educator and, and you know, I can't teach somebody that because they might have a different view of it or, or take it a different way. So it, it's really interesting how listening to what people had access to was the major fad diet. Like that was sort of what, when they thought of nutrition, that's where they went. It was, you know, the paleo diet or or the keto or the, the no fat diet. and And that was their biggest understanding, I would say, of nutrition. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, what food can do for you or how it affects you. That that piece is really missing
1: big yeah. time. And I mean, I think it's a way that it's always been. I was so sad when I read this one stat that said, and I can't remember it entirely, but it was astronomical. But it said basically, once people graduate from high school, it's something like, I don't know, 65% of people read a book. Ever in their lifetime again. So most people are just reading the magazines and you know whatever the popular magazines are, um, if they're reading at all. And um, and then they did another study and showed that after university, so people who've actually gotten a degree, um, the stat was like even higher. It's like eighty-five percent of people don't like. It was so crazy and it's so sad how people don't read. but you know it's it's not hard because we have access to like millions of books. It's available on our phones. We have you know our phones that can, have, can access every audiobook you can imagine. They can access podcasts. are so many learning tools out there. But mm-hmm. for myself, I mean, we've had this podcast now for six months. There's podcasts that I've listened to from other hosts who've had their podcasts for five, six years, and so it's not like podcasts are a brand new thing. But every day people are have no idea what a podcast is. And so, you know, you have this information on, at your fingertips. People are commuting for hours a day. Um, and so you have the time actually to take in the information as well, even if you never have to read a book again for the rest of your life. But people don't, and they refer to blogs, you know, people's blogs, and they never even do a check to see like, who's the blog writer? And do they have any credibility? And, you know, and most times and not when people send me a link and they're like, well, I read this, um, you know, I think it's good. This person has a million followers and I'll go and find out like what, and that person has no nutritional background. They have no science background. They have no anything kind of background. And here they are saying, you know, saying do the celery juice diet and, you know, all these different diets, but it's that, it's been that way forever. I remember my mom doing the cabbage soup diet to lose weight. Right. And, um, back in the seventies and eighties. Um, so that's understandable for sure and the great thing is like I love what you did is you know you hired me and brought me in and I and I taught and I think my talk was a bit extreme because I was talking about reversing chronic disease and so it's like when you want to reverse a chronic disease using food as medicine like there's no room for rice cakes and cliff bars and no offense to cliff bar but there actually is no room for cliff bars and you know when you need to yeah, put your body back into that self-healing state. So maybe a little bit extreme for a wellness challenge, but I do hope that people got some good information out of that.
0: Um, well, I think it's so good because it gives them just insight into something that they didn't even know exist. And and the people who want to take action on it can then go and take action on it. And, and what I love about what you said is that you're looking at doing this now for, for the corporate world, but with a five-week follow-up, which is so important because – you know, even myself, I can read a book and get that knowledge, but if you don't apply that knowledge and if you don't use it and integrate it into your life, it just, I don't know, gets tucked away somewhere in there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so many, um, a stat that I do know is that when people take workshops or attend lectures or any kind of training, 5% of the people implement what they learn in that training, only 5%, which is crazy. So, I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, it is crazy. So I, that's for us why it's so important to have that follow-up and which is why I love that you have the eight-week program. So why did you decide on eight weeks for the program?
0: So it's varied, actually. Um, and it usually just depends on how busy we are, when we can start, um, when I'm taking holidays. Right. <laughs> um, so we've done, the shortest we've done is six and the longest we've done is 10. Um, what I like about eight 10, I think, was a little too long. I think people got a little bit, um, oh, I can just start that next week. And it was a little bit uh, disengaging, I think. But the eight weeks uh, is good. It's it's sort of two months. And we would always do it in the early spring. So it would finish on the Wednesday or Thursday before the May long weekend. Um, so then people kind of were in their 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 best health for summer um but most people were pretty motivated and uh you know there's people had to get through easter so they they got the uh being able to apply apply what they're learning over a holiday where there's lots of eating and drinking um and there was spring break in there too most of the time so um gave them opportunity to have time off perhaps to go and try different activities which they would also get points for doing something new um so yeah I, i i like the eight weeks and uh that's Probably what
1: we've done the most over the six years. Okay, that's really, really good to know. I feel like I'm totally picking your brain now to support our our corporate sure. Lunch and Learn program, yeah. but there's so many little tiny aspects to consider when an or when somebody in an organization like yourself wants to start this, right? It's not just a matter of like being like, hey, everybody, let's get healthy. It's like, how long does a program last for? What are we going to monitor? How are we going to motivate? How are we going to celebrate? You know, how do you, what do you get points for or you know, do you get points deducted? Like there's so many, you know, you can use a carrot and the stick. Um, we know that they're both great for getting people to do things, but it's also depends how you want to do it. So, you know, lots of different things to consider in here, which is incredible. Um, what's the feedback been from the rest of the company, you know, that, you know, pretty much like for Anthem who said, yeah, go ahead and do this. Like, you know, what's their feedback been? I'm curious about that.
0: Uh, I mean, I think they love it. Um, what's beneficial to Anthem as a corporation is it brings in that that team bonding and collaboration piece. Um, so we always make sure that we have teams and, and we randomize them. So you people meet someone new in a growing company like ours, it's so easy to just stick to your little... Nook and hang out with the people on your team or the people that you work with every day. Um, but we're we're uh, fully integrated development investment management company, so we've probably got oh gosh, I would say almost 20 different uh, home teams, which which would be departments for us. So people working in very different aspects of real estate development. Um, so you don't always work with all the people who work at Anthem. So to be able to create those relationships and build bonds. Um, and, and it also, I love the team dynamic because, you know, if you're having a bad day or you're unmotivated, Somebody else on your team might be having a good day and they're just like, come on, Cindy, it's okay. Let's get out for that walk or go to that gym class. I know you don't want to go, but you've got to go. You've got to get those points. And um, just having that support is so important. Um, and that, I mean, I find that that just trickles out everywhere, right? Then they can take that spirit home to their families. And um, and hopefully if they learn something through the Lunch and Learns that we offer or whatnot, they can also bring that home to their families. And, and I mean, that is just exponential, right?
1: Um, when we start thinking of it that way. Yeah, that's incredible. And does have you considered or have you ever in the past been able to, you know, uh, rate or keep track of performance ability, like just how as an employee and, you know, what that looks like, because ultimately, you know, when somebody's exercising, they're sleeping well, they're eating well, their brain is functioning better, and they're clearly able to perform better. But have you thought about that at all?
0: that's very interesting. Um, I mean, I've thought about it personally. I don't know that we've talked about that as an organization. We certainly track that information, but whether we've ever tied it to our wellness challenge that we put on, I don't think so. Um, certainly not that I know of, and I would probably know of it. Um, but that's a really interesting idea to do that because Uh, I think there's a general sense that you sort of know the people who are healthy and active and they probably have the less sick days, um, and are probably more alert during the day, but we wouldn't have data to back that up. So, and yeah, certainly as, as we at Anthem and and just the world is going more data focused and, and you're able to tweak and enhance your performance with when you've got
1: information, um, that would be really beneficial. It'd be huge. Yeah. I'm really curious about it. Cause I've thought about it a lot for our program. Cause I'm like, you know, we can claim that, you know, make a wild claim that it'll enhance employee performance and productivity, but it's like, how do you track that? So I was like, could it be from the number of emails answered in a day? So before and after were they are answering it, you know, 10 emails a day, 30 emails a day, and now they're answering, you know, more, where they, um, you know, it, definitely when it comes to money, like if somebody's role is attached to sales, then, you know, there's a way that you could obviously track that, or how many meetings does someone have with a prospect, prospective client, um, you know, because at the end of the day, if you're like, don't have the energy to do it, you're just like, do I really want to meet with that client? So you're not going to send the email, and you're not going to make the cold call, and you're not going to do all of those things, or you mean so many different things, in every organization it's going to be different obviously but I'm really curious about that's the side that I'm really curious about because I know when I am eating at my best sleeping at my best um and exercising I mean that's when I'm like powerhouse superwoman like I can go home and do dishes and fold laundry and paint the walls and play with the kids and jump on the trampoline and still go to work with tons of energy um yeah yeah, super curious about that um And for moving forward, so is this going to continue in the organization as well? No plans to? Yeah, definitely. So
0: we've we've done ours for this year. um, And yeah, we'll absolutely do it again next year. And hopefully, if anything ever happens to me, they'll continue it forever and ever.
1: Yeah, that was so d- there's two points. Um, one about the s- succession planning, like I know you've been at Anthem for over 10 years, um, you know, but there will come a day when you decide to move on, like maybe it's retirement or whatever it is, you get promoted to, you know, major role. and It's like, I can't do the wellness program anymore. How will that? Um, ha- do you have a plan in place for how that will happen? Or has anybody said, you know, I'd love to take this on? Or is it built now into the organization that if you did leave, it would still continue?
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's now built into the organization. So for the first, gosh, probably four years, first three years, I think I just did it on my own. Um, and then I had one colleague who sort of came on board and, and helped me. Uh, and then the last two years, exactly that, I said, look, guys, I can, like, I can't do this by myself anymore. I'm just too busy. It's, you know, it's, it can be a full-time job. Um, so we actually formed a committee, uh, which is something that we do here for a lot of different efforts. Um, so we formed uh, a committee, um, we have, it's under the events and celebrations committee. And so we run the wellness challenge as well. And so I think there's, probably 10 people on that committee and and then we can pull other people as well and do a little subcommittee for the wellness challenge and put it together. Most of the building blocks are there just through uh, how we track and measure everything. Um, We've got the same scales in all four cities. Uh, We've got um, local city champions in each city that uh, champions the wellness challenge and kind of runs it in, in those different locations. And um, yeah, I mean,
1: I'm, I'm fully confident that if I wasn't here next year, it would happen. That's awesome. And I think that's a key, right, is to just setting up the systems and setting up the people and making it so it's just, you know, you have a department, um, or in this case, a committee in the organization, and it's just, that's what they do. It's like built into their role. And they do that. Now, you also touched on sick days, which is another marker that I think is really important because You know, I know definitely with my clients um, who do our Eat Real to Heal program um, or my clients who have, you know, a debilitating chronic disease and they use food as medicine and they do the Gerson therapy to reverse it. The thing that they come back to me with always, 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 always is how every winter and every fall and every spring when the flu blows through, everybody would get hit with it. Like their whole families would get hit with it because obviously if you're eating a certain way, well, your family's eating the same way. And then once they switch to our program, it's amazing. Like they'll go through, you know, years without, you know, maybe, maybe a sniffle, maybe the odd headache, maybe a, a like a slight cough. But even then, if they do get sick, they say that it's um the number of sick days are cut down drastically. So is that something that um you track, or do you think that Anthem would could ever start tracking that?
0: We definitely track when people are sick, and that is such a measurable thing. Um, I mean, if you look at somebody who has a salary of $80,000, that if they're away for a day, that's $300 that it's costing the employer, right? If they're away for two days, $600. 3 days, $900. Um, you know, if they have to take time off to take care of six family members mm-hmm. or children, um, that's also, you know, a cost to the company as well. So, I mean, that is such a measurable uh, item and and not just that, but I mean, even if you're in the office and you're sick and and they're not paying you to be somewhere else at home on the couch, you're still you're dragging maybe you're making other people sick and then they're you home know. um and and there's that piece there's there's the sort of after effect but there's also the preventative effect um which is much harder to measure but I mean, if you're if you've got people that are healthy and performing well and not, you know, like you said, just getting a sniffle here and there, they're in the office all the time and they're not taking sick days. So, um, and what else are you preventing? You don't know. I mean, it could be a long-term disability. It could be some other type of leave, or or, or maybe they just get frustrated and they're sick and they leave the company, and that's great talent walking out the door. So. Um, yeah, there's there's all sorts of measurables in there that I think are hugely important to an employer.
1: Yeah, and for, you know, insurance companies and regarding insurance premiums, like if you could lower those insurance premiums, that would be incredible because that saves, you know, especially a company like Anthem, like that has four hundred plus employees, you know, like I can't even imagine like what um, you know, the extended medical program is for a company like that. So we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars a year in savings just by You know, giving a committee, you know, a few hours here and there to be able to put together a program like this. I mean, it is, it's hugely, hugely beneficial, which is amazing. Um, I'm gonna make sure we measure it next year. (laughs) Well, you know, it would be. So incredible to see, especially for the employees that have been there for a while, where their sick days have been tracked, who've never participated in the program. And then now they Mm -hmm. start getting, it would just be really interesting to see what the following years do look like. And, you know, if there's a 10% drop, I mean, that's still, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Cindy, you have been such a pleasure having you on the show. Um, before we leave, what are, I'd say, three tips that you can give to other organizations who might want to implement something like this? Like what would be um, three tips that you would suggest that they need to consider to make their, their health and wellness program successful?
0: Um, definitely. Uh, I think making it accessible to all levels Uh, is really, really important because a wellness challenge can be extremely intimidating to somebody who's never dipped their toe in fitness or never thought about what they're putting into their body or or how to measure that or track that. Um, It can be really, really intimidating and giving them bite-sized pieces that they can accomplish and measure and and celebrate, um, I think is really, really important. Uh, definitely having that supportive component so whether it's teams or whether you've got wellness champions that are going to reach out and support people through their journey um because it's so easy for people to get in and just not know how to motivate themselves and drop off Um, i mean you're always going to have in a challenge like that um, if we get more than 50 percent retention from start to end i'm always really pleased because that's just the way it is people Sort of get all gung-ho, and they're excited, and they sign up, and, and life takes over, or, or it's just not what they thought it was, or what have you. So definitely having that support throughout um, is really important. Um, and also just, I think the biggest part is making it about overall wellness. So not just fitness, not just weight loss, not just one thing. Um, I think it's really giving people skills and tools to make lifestyle choices that they can carry with them beyond this. Cause that's really what it's for. It's not, yeah, the competition's great and it's fun and people win and you know, they've got celebrations throughout the way, but it's, what happens after that, after those eight weeks, can they continue to make those choices? Have they learned anything new? Cause if they're just going to go back to the way they were before, that's defeating the point. So um yeah
1: yeah know those are really, really good tips and I think the piece too about the preventative side I think is huge because you know. You know, we have definitely people are switching their careers often, you know, now compared to what it was before, like 30, 40 years ago. And so people might have 10 or 12 or 15 jobs. But, you know, as a global society, so whether that employee is still with you 20 years down the road and you're thinking about, um, you know, preventing disease or whether they go off and they're working for another organization. I mean, at the end of the day, we are living in a society where we all pay taxes into our healthcare system. We know that we have trillions of dollars going in, especially in the United States millions of dollars going into um, chronic disease management and it's Mm -hmm. decimating countries like I was teaching in China last year and the reason they brought me over is because um, the reason is because they have over 150 million people with type 2 diabetes and it's just diabetes alone is going to decimate the Chinese economy because trying to take care of one person with diabetes is put so much financial pressure on the entire entire country. And so, you know, for employers who are like, well, you know, we have high employee turnover, or, you know, we're just a small company. And, you know, our employees only stay with us for six months or six years. I mean, or it doesn't matter, because that preventative piece is massive. So whether that employee, you know, let's say, is going to be taking months and months off to treat cancer and other chronic diseases, or have to get amputations for their diabetes or whatever it is. I mean, ultimately, it's saving the country millions and millions of dollars um, for to have every company like have a program like this so I think that is huge as well to just think beyond mm-hmm. yourself as an organization you know or a department or an individual which is huge yeah yeah
0: well, I, it's really exciting to hear that a country is taking that seriously and a country is starting to take action on on getting that type of knowledge out there and um, I think it's such an interesting time in the world because m- more and more in mainstream, people are starting to think differently about food. You know there's this whole plant-based concept out there that people that I would have never thought would have said those words um, are, are thinking about it and thinking about the environmental impact, you know, how it impacts their health, their their longevity. I you know more and more. Um, we're so fortunate certainly here and, and the people um, in my life are so fortunate to be privileged and we've got, you know, access and abundance to everything, but your health is so vital. And if you don't have that, what else matters? And I think people are really starting to appreciate what that means. And, you know, what you're doing is fantastic. And um, I think that the the mainstream really has an ear to it now. So I really hope that that they listen and people start
1: making some great changes. Yeah, I really hope so too. And, you know, just by having this podcast and you sharing, you know, tips and tricks for how other organizations can, you know, start to think about a program like this and then eventually design it and then launch it and then carry it on over the years. I mean, it's invaluable information. I mean, this is, you know, it's not anything to be taken lightly. What you've done over the last six years, it really is um, something that you need to applaud yourself for. And, you know, I really get you know, kudos to, um, I don't even know what the word kudos means. And if that is probably not the right word to use, but, um, yeah, need to celebrate what Anthem has done as well, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in doing something like this, because again, it is for the greater good of all people, you know, in Mm -hmm. all around us as well. And what you said about that, um, exponential um, outreach that comes from that. I've seen the same thing with my clients. When I have a client who implements uh, the Eat Realty Heal program, they come back and they're like, I taught it to my mom. And then my aunt was curious. And my grandmother reversed her osteoporosis at 72 oh, yeah. years old. Well, and like the stories like they, they do, they go on and tell 10 people and they plant those seeds. And then when they these people see the change that you know happens in that one person then naturally they go and make the change as well and it's been that has been hugely rewarding as well so even though you know you might have you know 25% of the company participate which is huge by the way you know mm-hmm. and and then you have a 50% retention rate that's still great because those people are going out and you know influencing and inspiring and motivating 10 other people so it's massive yeah it is massive Wow.
0: yeah yeah and it's awesome and, and we have people who are new to it every year and and people who come back every year and people who take a year off and and still come back so um you know it's exciting and yeah
1: who knows who knows what the future holds exactly but it starts with these small steps and yeah these big steps actually so this is amazing cindy thank you so much for being on our eat Realty heal show it's been really a pleasure having you i've learned so much just about how to you know develop a program uh, we're definitely i'm going to be borrowing um many many of these you know tried and true tricks that you've put into practice and then we're going to be doing that um, with our corporate wellness program as well and yeah i can't I look forward to our paths crossing as well so thanks so much for being on the show absolutely yeah
0: thank you so much
1: this was this was a
0: lot of fun so thank you <laughs>
1: yeah definitely we'll be in touch soon Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Eat Real to Heal podcast with Cindy. She is such a delight and she truly is a wellness warrior in bringing this wellness program to her organization to help others heal, get more energy and thrive. Another thing, the last thing that I want to share with you today before we sign off is that we are going to be launching our Peak Performance plant-based program for corporations. So we're going to be working with companies with 50 more employees where we come in and we take the employees through a five week program where we teach them how to use food as medicine, how to optimize their health, and optimize ultimately their ability to perform, not just in the workplace, but in their own life. And that's through our corporate Eat Real to Heal program that'll be coming out soon. So definitely get to our website, learn more, let us know if you want us to reach out to you or your HR department or the CEO of your company and to share all the information about this program because we are going to help millions of people around the globe reverse their lifestyle chronic degenerative diseases and the only way to do that is by sharing all of this invaluable information that we've collected over the last two decades and we have the science we know the art of making these lifestyle changes and we're going to share that with you and your company that you work for or that you own as well. Over the years, I've had the incredible opportunity of encouraging and inspiring thousands of people to turn their health around using food as regenerative medicine. So whether you're a business or a conference or a corporation, I'd love to see how we can work together for your next event I have spoken in China in the US all over Canada and I get hired to speak regularly regularly so if you want me to be at your next event definitely email us uh, fill out the form on our website and yeah we'll decide and see if it's a good fit and we'd love to be at that next event to inspire you to make the changes to turn your health around and the health of those people around you. So eat well, be well and stay tuned for the next episode of the Eat Real to Heal podcast.